listening to a podcast by Real Church and Pastor Noah Fritchie in Murfreesboro, Illinois. I want to thank you for joining us today, and I hope this message inspires you and builds your faith. Enjoy, and God bless. doing in this good question series is we're just simply answering the questions that you've asked and so um I got these questions. They were a lot of them from the Easter service. And when all of you guys showed up on the same Sunday, everybody was glorious. And uh, we, uh, we, we got all these questions and we decided to answer these questions. And uh, really what we're doing over the next four weeks is just answering the most popular questions. And uh, I'm really excited about this topic uh, that I'm getting ready to preach on for two reasons. Number one is because I, I, I knew that you would ask for this topic. The one that we're about to talk about today, I knew that you would ask uh, uh, for this one, uh, and I'm, gonna, I'm getting ready to show you why I knew. And then secondly is that uh, this, this is probably a topic that every one of us, we all have a wrong idea about it. We all have a wrong idea about what the Bible says, and if you haven't figured out yet, I like to preach and, and I, like to, uh, I, I like to debunk, essentially, some misconceptions that a lot of people have about the Bible. And so today, you just simply ask the question, out of all the questions, there were several questions that were along this line, but essentially I summed it up into this one. You just asked, what about heaven? What's heaven all about? There were so many eternity questions, and I just think it's very interesting. I knew that you were going to ask that question because, honestly, the Bible tells us that, that God has really put this question inside of you. Look at what Ecclesiastes 3.11 says. It says, He has also set eternity into the human heart. He said eternity. So even if you're, a, if you're not a Christian, or maybe even if you don't believe in God, you're still going to wonder. You're, you're, you still know that there's something else out there. Why? Because the Bible says that eternity is set in your heart. And that's why a lot of us, when we attend funerals or when we have moments in our life, maybe some tragic moments that, that are, are scary to us, where, where, where really things become reality to us, all of a sudden we start looking for eternity and eternity becomes alive in our hearts. And you asked a lot of different questions about this, and so I brought some of those questions that you asked, and so I'm going to answer those specifically. Somebody asked me this question, will pets be in heaven? How many of you want to know? Will my, will my dog be in heaven? Well, can, I, here, I can answer definitively. Dogs, yes. Cats, no. Oh. No, I said... <laughs> I'm just kidding. But hey, I, I am praying for you cat people, you know, I, <laughs> uh, but hey, here, here, here's what we do. Animals, animals are definitely in heaven. Uh, you, you, you see that all through the book of Revelations. There's different animals. I hope yours are there. I hope mine is there, but uh, I, I think you'll be able to enjoy animals in heaven. Uh, I think that's why God created them. And uh, in fact, the Bible talks about uh, that um, in heaven, the lion and the lamb will lay next to each other. And so not only that, but all the animals will be tame. And so you've been wanting to ride that giraffe or whatever your, your, whatever your crazy idea is, uh, you, you might just be able to do that in in heaven. Here's another great question that you asked me. Oh, why does heaven have gates? Why does heaven have gates? Is it a sketchy neighborhood or something? Uh, <laughs> we'll just leave that there. Will, will we be married in heaven? And that one I can definitely say no. 
Jesus says in Luke chapter 20 that there will neither be marriage nor giving in marriage in heaven. And so some of you in this room, you got real sad and others of you said, man, I can't wait till heaven. <laughs> we got a different message series for you. Uh, you come back in February. We'll talk about your relationships. All right. And uh, <laughs> all right, here's another one. Well, we have wings like angels in heaven. Uh, and I can say no to that one. Scripture says, uh, uh, Scripture uh, doesn't really say that. Um, in fact, I think it's really interesting that a lot of people, their picture of heaven is uh, like we're all fat little babies with, and a diaper riding on a cloud with a harp, you know? <laughs> like, that's all kind of tradition and myth. Uh, and I, I don't know where exactly they all got that from, but uh, we have just, our culture has just idolized those things. And so, but the Bible does say that, it doesn't really say anything about wings, but the Bible does say that you're going to be able to have uh, the ability to travel long distances quickly. Like you're going to be able to go from heaven and earth like that. And you're, it's, so I, I, I don't know whether you're going to have wings or not. I would say not, but anyway, we'll move on. Here's another, another question. Will there be any other music in heaven besides harp music? Uh, that's hell, everybody. That would drive us all crazy. Uh, I mean, I, I love... I just, will heaven be boring? Will heaven be boring? I mean, we get the, I, I actually get this question all the time. Uh, in fact, we, we were talking about this this week. About uh, <laughs> We heard a story. This guy grew up in a really traditional church. And so um, they, he was, they, they were playing the pipe organ and everything. And, uh, and, and, and it was, they, I guess they just had this beautiful service. And this young man was sitting there in the service and uh, listening to the pipe organ. They were all singing songs. And uh, the lady on the pipe organ kind of turns around and says, Man, this is exactly what heaven is going to be like. And this little boy, <laughs> he sat there and he thought, well, if this is what heaven's like, I don't think I want to go. <laughs> like, like, I, I, and, and a lot of us, we have, this, we have this misconception about heaven that it's just going to be uh, this, this, this one long pipe organ, harp service, whatever, and that it's just going to be extremely boring. But uh, it, it's not. And honestly, this one bugs me the most um, because I, I, I think most, most people think this. And found, in fact, I found this quote um, and this is a very sad quote that I heard or, or that I saw this week. It says this. It says, this guy, uh, Joel Stein, says this. Heaven is totally overrated. It seems boring. Clouds, listening to people play the harp. It should be, it should be somewhere that you can't wait to go, like a luxury hotel. He says, this is not a believer here. He says, maybe blue skies and soft music were enough to keep people in line for the 17th century. But heaven is going to have to step it up a bit. They're basically getting by because they're just a little bit better than hell. And it's sad. I bring that to you because that's what most people honestly think about heaven. That it's, there's not a lot going on. That I, I don't, I, it's just going to be boring. But can I tell you, that's not what the Bible says at all. The Bible has a lot to say about heaven. And people have some of these ideas. And in fact, I talk to Christians all the time. who Some of them are not even excited to get to heaven. They're, they don't even have a thrill about heaven. And a lot of people, <laughs> and maybe, you, maybe your view is like this. A lot of people, your view of heaven is just like this. Somebody sitting on a cloud just like, man, I wish I would have brought something. Like, I wish I would have brought a magazine to 
read, or I, I, wish, I, wish, something, I, I wish I had something to do. And it, honestly, this is not the case. Heaven is not like this. In fact, the Bible is very vocal when it comes to heaven. And in the few short minutes that I have left with you, I just want to share with you some theology and doctrine uh, that I think can help you understand heaven. And I really want to show you that it's quite different than probably the idea that you came in here with. So let's start with this verse in 1 Thessalonians. If you've got your Bible, we're in 1 Thessalonians 4.13. It says this, it's Paul writing this, and now, dear brothers and sisters, we want you to know, I want you to know everybody, I want you to know where you're going, what will happen to believers who have died so you will not grieve like people who do not have hope. Because listen, you will live differently if you know about this heaven. You, you, will, you will spend your life, you, you, will just, you will change on the inside if you know what heaven is all about. In fact, this verse goes on to say, for since we believe that Jesus died and was raised to life, again, we also believe that, that when Jesus returns, which by the way, I stopped it right here because Jesus is coming back, everybody. He is going to return. And, that, and if you don't believe this, listen, this is the hallmark of, Christ, of the Christian doctrine that we are anxiously awaiting Jesus's return. And I just, I, I believe, uh, I, and especially where we are in culture today, I think it's any day. I mean, I, I literally think that he could come back any day. I think that I could make a case for you today uh, that I, I think we're one of the first generations that have really filled most, if not all, the signs in the book of Revelation. And uh, the Bible is filled with all kinds of signs. And the Bible says that no one knows the day or the hour, so I don't know. But I'm just saying, I think it's soon. I mean, I, 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 I think I could make that case for you today. But, but the Bible does say no one knows the hour, uh, no one knows the day or the hour. And so if somebody ever tries to tell you that, you run away, everybody, because it's just, they, they don't know. Nobody knows. And, uh, but here's the deal. When Jesus does come back, here's what happens when he, when he comes back. It says this, it says, um, we also believe that when Jesus returns, God will bring back with him the believers who have died. And I love, uh, I, I, I love this part that God brings back the believers because I think our God is such a relational God. He thinks about things like this. Like God is literally setting up this grand family reunion for you uh, at the end of your life. And I think it's just so incredible. He's setting up this family reunion with you and your loved ones. And it, it, goes, it goes on to say, we tell you this directly from the Lord. We who are still living here... <coughs> excuse me, when the Lord returns, will not meet him ahead of those who have, uh, who have died. For, it goes on to say, the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a commanding shout, with the voice of archangels, and with the trumpet call of God. So if you hear a really loud trumpet, and it's not your teenager in the band, everybody, it's God. <laughs> and so uh, if you hear that, you get your house in order. And uh, it, I was thinking, I was actually thinking about this week. I don't know if I would let my kid play the trumpet because can you imagine in the middle of the night, that's what you hear? <laughs> yeah, so anyway. <laughs> Am I left behind? Yeah, <laughs> that's a whole other... All right. <laughs> First, the Christians who have died will rise from their graves. And that's actually referring to their bodies. So there's going to be this moment where their souls, which are in heaven right now, their souls will be reunited with their glorified body. And uh, I'm looking forward to that glorified body, everybody. I'm sure you are too. And uh, I'm looking forward to see that. And uh, it's, it goes on to say, then together... 
with them, we who are still alive and remain on earth will be caught up in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. Then we will be with the Lord uh, forever. And so it says, what do we do with all this? Paul says, encourage each other with this. Why don't you just encourage each other with these words? In fact, Paul is actually writing to a church here, to the Thessalonian church. And he says, church, encourage each other with this message. And so today, this is my assignment from the Lord, if I, if I can say that it's my job as the church to encourage you with these words. And I want to let you know, like if you would just understand heaven the way the Bible describes it, you would want to go right now. I mean, you would want to leave your house, your job, your family. You would want to leave everything behind and go today. And one of the things that you probably don't know is that the Bible describes, the Bible describes actually two different heavens. The Bible describes the, the, the heaven that we refer to now, and uh, it also talks about a new heaven and earth. And we're going to talk about that today. In fact, there's sort of, the, the, the heaven now is sort of an, um, a, an intermediate type of heaven that exists right now. In fact, the Bible mainly refers to the heaven, when you die today, the Bible mainly refers to that heaven as paradise. So when you read in your word and you see the word paradise, it's really what it's talking about. And it's not the same heaven that we're going to spend eternity in. Uh, there's actually this, this intermediate place where people go who have already died. And Paul used this, this word paradise several times in the New Testament. Jesus actually uses it on the cross. Look at what Jesus says in Luke chapter 23. It says, then he said, he turns to the guy next to him, Jesus, remember me. When you come into your kingdom and Jesus says, hey, I, I, I tell you the truth today, you will be with me in paradise. And I think this is the best word to describe this idea of paradise, this place, this heaven where you go when you die. Um, paradise translated really just means park. Like a, like, a, like a garden, like a beautiful garden or like a place for a picnic. Um, and, and probably the best picture that I could give you for the literal translation for this word would be uh, just imagine you've got like a Saturday afternoon off and you've, you've, got, you've got the day off. You, you get the blanket out and you take yourself a picnic. You go out to the park. It's a beautiful day. You throw the ball with your kid, whatever. You have a great time. Like this is, this is really what, what, what it means. It, it, it in fact, it literally means... This temporary place to rest. And so really what's going to happen is you, you, you get to rest and refresh until you get to the final place, the, the new heaven and earth. And I'm going to show you that in just a minute. And I love that. But the Bible uses this word paradise because it's much like a resort or a garden. In fact, it literally... It, 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 this garden, I, I believe, is what it, it literally means. And it's interesting to me... That there's a, a, a lot of people think, well, oh, no, 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 we're, we're, we're going to be, <laughs> a lot of people, their picture of heaven literally is just in the clouds and there's mansions, you know, like we're just, we're all going to live in, a, in, in mansions. And in fact, I was looking up the word mansion and, and when, it, when, it, uh, when it talks about it and, uh, in the relation to the, the, the end times and, and to heaven. And the word mansion really is only found in one translation in the King James Version in John 14, 2, where it says, in my father's house, there are many mansions. And that, the, Greek, the Greek word for mansions there is literally monet, and it, it doesn't mean mansion. It literally just means temporary lodging place, sort of like a hotel room. 
So you're going to go to this place. You, 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 don't, you don't live there, but you're resting and you're refreshing. And you're, you're getting ready to go to another place. And that's where heaven is right now. It's a park. It's a picnic. It's, like, it's, a, it's, a, it's a great resort. Like, it's a beautiful place. Uh, and I'm sorry about the mansions thing because I hate to disappoint you. Um, but that's just what the Bible says. In fact, uh, it, it, it's actually a temporary place to lodge before you go to another place. Which begs the question of, well, Pastor Noel, what's the other place? What, where, where, am I, where am I going? And that, that is what the Bible describes as the new heaven. There's a new heaven. And that's the one that you're going to spend eternity in. That's really the one that matters. Because we're all going to spend eternity in heaven. In fact, that's described in Revelation. Uh, where, where John saw, John literally saw this new heaven. He says, then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. In fact, the Bible says that the earth is, is, is that at the end, of when, when everything comes to pass, let me just say it like that, when everything comes to pass, the earth is going to be purified with fire, the Bible says. Everything is going to be made new, and it's going to return back to the paradise that God created in the Garden of Eden. And so you, you'll have this perfect earth, and heaven is going to be a part of that. In fact, I really... A big part of heaven is just the perfect earth. Like all the, uh, it's not just floating around with diapers, you know, with the with the harp and the wings. That's not what it is. In fact, we'll we'll be able to enjoy. I, I think it's so awesome because we'll be able to enjoy everything about earth, just in its perfected form. Like a lot of we like a lot. A lot of us we like a lot of things on earth. Can you imagine it in the perfect form? I mean, it's, it, 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 we're, we're going to be able to enjoy that for eternity. And, and though, uh, the Bible actually literally describes a new city that God is going to create, the new Jerusalem, uh, where Jesus, where the Bible says that Jesus will dwell in the new Jerusalem. In fact, the Bible says that there's actually no need for sun, uh, the sun in heaven, because Jesus' face, God's face, is going to be so bright uh, that there's, there's no sun needed. Uh, the Bible describes this idea that you're going to be able to go visit and, and literally spend time with Jesus? Like, how incredible would, is that going to be? So, so you, you're saying, well, Pastor Noah, that's a lot of content. I want to give you all that on the top, and then I'm going to give you some points here. So you say, well, what, I need something to write down. What does the Bible say about heaven? Well, here's what the Bible says about heaven. If you're taking notes with us this morning, it's right on the back of your worship guide. You can fill in the blank. It's this, is that heaven is a real place. It's a real place. It's not... <laughs> I've literally talked to some Christians that think heaven is just a state of mind. Like, no, heaven is a real place. It, 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 it's not just a state of mind or it's not just a state of peace. Uh, and, and it's not just some type of like retirement home in the clouds either. Like, that's, that's not what it is. Heaven's a place. And uh, we know that because actually the Bible measures it. Take a look at this. In Revelation 21, verse 14, it says, this, The city was laid out like a square as long as it was wide. He measured the city. So it's a literal place. It, it, it's a place with the, the, with the rod. And he found it to be 12,000 uh, in, in length, all this stuff. And so it, it literally this, um, I, I looked up this 12,000. It's like 1,400 miles by 1,400 miles to the square. Uh, the Bible also goes on to talk about that there's streets of gold, uh, and that there's, it's gold so, so pure that it's, it's, it's almost transparent. It, 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 it's, it, there's gates that are going to be made out of single pearls, like one single pearl. Like, uh, I, it's just going to be a beautiful place. And so it's a real place. Heaven is a real place. Not only is heaven a real place, but heaven is also a right place. 
It's a right place, meaning that everything in heaven is made right. Everything is made right. There's no traffic jams, <laughs> no road construction, everybody. That pothole out at Kroger is going to be fixed. You know, like <laughs> that is... <laughs> I love what we complain about. Uh, and I, I, I'm just saying that there, like sickness is going to be gone. Terrorism is going to be gone. The hot light at Krispy Kreme, always on, everybody. Like, that's my heaven. And I, it, it's just, it's, it's a perfect place. Heaven is a perfect place. Revelation 21 uh, says this. It says, uh, he will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain for the old order of things have passed away. No more hospitals, no more cancer, no more COVID, no, no more any of it, everybody. It's a perfect place. Heaven is this perfect place. Not only that, but heaven is a relational place. Heaven is a place where you are going to enjoy relationships. And you say, well, Pastor Noel, if we're going to enjoy relationships, why not the marriage thing? Like, why won't I be married? Well, I, it doesn't, the Bible doesn't specifically tell us why not. Um, I have a personal belief. My personal belief is that any emotion that you think you could ever give to your spouse, you won't even want to give it to them because you're going to want to give it to Jesus. Like, like he's going to be right. You're not, you're not going to want anybody else. Like, and that's, and that's really what uh, the word talks about that, uh, I, 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 like, I just think you're going to meet Jesus and there's not going to be anything else that could even come close uh, to fulfilling your emotional needs like that. I think that's why the Bible talks about Jesus as the groom of his bride, the church, which we are, everybody. You're the bride of Jesus. And uh, I think you're going to just want to spend every bit of emotion on him. And so I, I believe personally that's why the marriage thing uh, is not there. But um, there could be other people that prove me wrong. So, um, but it's a relational place, uh, and you're going to enjoy family and friends. But not only all that, more importantly than any other relationship, it's a place where you, you get to be relational with God. I mean, you, you, you get to have, like, God is no longer just this man in the sky. Like, I don't know where he is. I can't see him. He's going to be right in front of you. In fact, look at what the Bible says in Revelation uh, chapter 21, verse 3. It says, And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Look, God's dwelling place is now among the people, and he will dwell with them. Can you imagine your God dwelling with you? I, and I just love that relationship. Uh, in fact, it, it, this, this verse also says, uh, the next verse says, They will be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. And I just love that relationship. And not only, uh, not only that, but we also see um, this, uh, uh, we also see this idea of uh, uh, other relational, uh, other relational things that we see is uh, this, this idea that the geographic nations of the world still exist. So like, I, I, our God loves every ethnic group that exists on the earth today. In fact, he created every different ethnic group on purpose. In fact, I know, uh, I know that our world has a lot of trouble with this, especially right now. We feel like we have a lot of trouble with this. And all I have to say is that it, 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 you, you better get over it now. Like, because, in fact, the Bible says in Revelation 22, uh, verse 2, it says, On each side of the river stood the tree of life, bearing 12 crops of fruit, yielding its fruit every month, and the leaves of the tree are for the healing of 
the nations. The Bible describes that there's going to be the, the geographical nations of the world are still going to exist. In fact, nations here literally translated is ethnos, which is the, the original word. And I'm just, I, I, it, which literally just means the ethnic groups of the world. And I'm just here to tell you today that God is not going to just turn us all into one. He's not, he's not just going to all change us into one thing. Like he's not going to turn Chinese people into people from Ava, everybody. Like that's just not what he's going to do. That's not his goal. It's not going to happen. And in fact, someone said to me one time, they said, well, if, if, if they're going to be there, then I'm not going to be there. I literally thought, and surprised I didn't say, I'm like, you know what? You're right. You're not going to be there. Like, like, like if, and, and I know that's funny, but I'm dead serious. Like we, we've got to get over this now because God loves everybody. You just, I can't, I, I just am asked, can we just learn to love the people that God so loved? And he loved every person. And I just, oh, I just get so frustrated with that. We're, man, we're just, let's just move on. Heaven's a rewarding place. It's a rewarding place. And I bring you this one. I, I honestly, I bring you this. I was so tempted not to bring this one, but I bring this one honestly to motivate the fire out of you. Like I just, I, I, I just want to motivate you because this one honestly motivates me. And you say, well, Pastor Noah, well, are, 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 you, are you working for rewards? Yes, I, 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 I am. Listen, I want, to, I want to get to heaven and I want to stand in front of my God and have him say, well done, good and faithful servant. That's what I want. And so I'm working for that. And absolutely, listen, can, can I just tell you, this one, is the, it confuses a lot of people. I'm not saying that you get into heaven by your rewards or you, you get into heaven by your works because you absolutely don't. Jesus paid the ultimate price. We celebrated that last week with him on the cross. His death paid the price for your sin so that you have a way into heaven. He, he laid his life down to give you salvation and, uh, and the ability to get to heaven that you could have never earned. But salvation, salvation was God's work for me, but rewards are my work for God, everybody. I, and, and here's what I want to do. I, I, I want to do things that please him. In fact, the Bible says that he is looking forward to rewarding us. Look at what Revelation 22, 12 says. Behold, I am coming soon and my reward is with me. Like, like Jesus is coming back and he is ready to reward you. In fact, the Bible talks about two different judgments. Um, and and the, the first judgment is the judgment on whether you get into heaven or not. Right? And so that's, that's the price that Jesus paid. For the only answer that you can have for that is Jesus. Like, like I didn't do anything to get into here. Jesus did it for me, and I had a relationship with Him. The second one is is more of a, a rewards judgment. In fact, if you want to if you want to hear a topic, I or if you want to hear uh, if you want to hear a message that talks about uh, this idea, I, I literally preached a message. Um, I think it was about back in August. You can look it up, and uh, there was a whole message on this idea of uh, rewards in heaven. Uh, it's in the one minute after you die series. Um, but, but, but I want you to look at this word reward here. Reward in the Greek, it literally means repayment. And so I just look forward to like, I think one day when we, when we get to heaven, Jesus is going to say like, listen, every time you had that good attitude, every time you bless someone, like when, when you texted that friend who was down on their luck or whatever it was, every time you, every time you, you, you went to a service and then you served at a service at church, like I saw that. 
Like he, one, one day he's going to say that. But the Bible says that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. And there, there will be this moment in heaven. It, like I said, it won't determine whether you get in there or not. The second judgment is, is what the Bible describes. And I've taught the whole message on that. Uh, but there is a judgment where Jesus just blesses you. Where he just gives you some rewards. And we have no idea what those are. Um, but I, I want a reward from the Lord, everybody. Uh, but sometimes, uh, here's what happens. A lot of us, the earth, uh, for some of us, the earth is so good to us that it actually becomes a distraction. That we have some things here on earth that we, we really love. And I just, I just don't want it to be a distraction for you. Look at what Matthew, uh, Matthew chapter 16 says. It says, for the Son of Man is going to come in his Father's glory with his angels. And then he will reward each person according to what he has done. There's rewards all over the Bible. They're hard to explain. I don't have time to totally explain them all to you, but just, just realize that there are rewards in heaven and you, you can work for some rewards today. Now, it doesn't get you into heaven. I would just want to make that clear. All right, so you say, well, Pastor Noel, what do we do? What do we do? What do I do with all this information? Well, the simple answer that I think I can give you today is what if, what if we just lived for eternity? Like, what if we were just eternity-minded? So, so, so when you have a bad day, what do you do? You think about heaven. And when, when you have a good day, you leverage it for heaven. Like, like, like I, I, think, I think heaven is the number one motivator for how we should live our life. We should do whatever it takes to focus on where we're going. Where we're, you're going to spend the majority of your life in eternity. How about we, 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 we do whatever it takes to focus on that thing? And so you say, well, Pastor Noel, what do we do? I'll bring you this scripture today. I think it'll help you. Out of Titus 2, uh, verse 11, it says, For the grace of God has been revealed, bringing salvation to all people. And we are instructed to turn from godless living and sinful pleasures. We should live, uh, we should live in this evil world with wisdom, righteousness, and devotion to God while we look forward with hope to that wonderful day when the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, will be revealed. You say, well, Pastor Noah, how do you do this? Three super quick things before we leave today. Number one, refocus your energies. I'm going to refocus my energy. In other words, I'm going to keep my eyes on the prize, everybody. Like, I, I, I'm looking to uh, eternity. In fact, the Bible describes in Philippians chapter 3 that our citizenship is not of this world, that our citizenship is in heaven. Listen, you're, it, it literally talks about that you're a stranger living in a foreign land. This world is not our home. And so, so you say, well, if this world's not my home, what do I do here? Well, we leverage our lives for Jesus. We use everything that we can. Like, I'm going to use my house. I will use my car, my energy, my ideas, my money, my effort. I leverage it all for Jesus. And you say, well, uh, is, is there a way? Um, I, I just ask, let me put it this way. I just ask myself this question. Like, is there a way that I can take everything that I am? Is there a way that I can take everything that I have in life and just redirect it towards heaven? Like, how can I, 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 I will leverage every part of my life for an eternal purpose, everybody. And you need to refocus your life on that idea. Because if you're not careful, you'll fall in love with earth. You'll find some things on earth. I, I, and I know a lot of Christians 
who are really in love with earth. Like they, they really love earth. You know why? Because their treasure is here. They love earth because their treasure is here. And the Bible says wherever your treasure is, your heart is also. I, how many of you, you, you want your heart with God, everybody? Not with some silly little thing on earth. And if you want your heart with God, then put your treasure towards him. That's what Jesus says. Look at, look at what he says in Matthew chapter 16, I believe. No, Matthew chapter 6. He says, do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal it. But store up for yourself treasures in heaven. Would you just figure out a way to make your life count for eternity? Hey, that's why I encourage you all the time. I encourage people all the time to serve. Would you, would, would you, just, would you find a place to leverage your life for eternity? And if you're not serving in some way, I, maybe you're not serving in this church, I hope that you're serving in the community somewhere. I, you, you don't have to serve in this church, but if you want to serve and if you want to leverage your life for eternity, this could be a great opportunity. If you want to do that today, mark on your connect card, just, just on, on the bottom of that thing, just mark, I, I want to find a place to serve. Like today, I want to leverage my life for eternity. You need to do that. You know what? There's a lot of people here today that they're, they worship one, they serve one. They, they, they set in a service and then they're going to go to a kid's class next service or they're going to they're gonna work security the next service, whatever it is. They worship one, serve one. You know why? Because they're going to make their life count. They're leveraging what they have for eternity. And I'm not just talking about your stuff, but I'm talking about your, your heart as well. In fact, just a little pastoral moment for you. A lot of, I, I know a lot of us, especially in everything that we've gone through in the past year, a lot of us have been very discouraged. I mean, there's some of you in here today that you're, you're alive. You just feel like life has just, just kicked you in the butt. Like it, it, and there's a sting to your life and your life just hurts. But can I tell you, if you have the expectation of this idea that, you know what, I'm just passing through. I like, like, like this is just for a little while. Can I tell you, when you have that expectation, when you're eternity minded, things get better. You realize you refocus, refocus on Heaven. Here's what 2 Corinthians says here in chapter 4, verse 8. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, which is hard sometimes. That's what the Bible tells us to do. Fix our eyes on the things that we can't see, but on, on what is unseen. Uh, since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. What you have in front of you, hey, this is not going to last forever. It might not even last to the next month. You never know. Fix your eyes on the things that are eternal. And that'll help you. I, I'm just telling you, that'll help you more than you can imagine. So what do we do? Write this down. It's not in your notes. But I, I, I love this phrase. Every day, refocus on where you're going, not where you are. Refocus on where you're going, not where you are. And there are some of you, you're in here today, and, and maybe... You've, you've recently, you, 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 you've had a death of a loved one, or can I just tell you this message is for you. You can be encouraged today and refocus on where they are and where you're going, that there, there is a greater thing, there's a greater eternity. Don't think about where you are, think about where you're going. Not only that, but we should, we, we, we should do what Jesus asked us to do, which is this, is to reach people. When Jesus left this earth, he, asked, he just said, go make disciples. That's what he said. Reach people. Would you, go, would you just consider going and reaching people?
And I don't know how long you've been uh, to our church here. I don't know how long you've been a part of, of Real here. But I can just tell you, one of the things that you have to understand right away about our church is that we, we have this core value that just says we will do anything short of sin to reach people who don't know Christ. And just to inform you, like, we, we're, we're, we're not... We're not in any kind of race to beat any, any type of records, or we like our goal is not to be the biggest or baddest of anything. Like we're not motivated by those things. But can I just tell you, we are motivated by the fact that heaven and hell are real places, and that people actually go there. And so we will do everything we can. We'll do whatever we have to do to reach people who don't know Christ, even can I tell you, even if it inconveniences us. Even if it's kind of annoying. Listen, I, I, my, my goal and dream, my desire is not to speak at two services. Like, I don't care to speak at two services. Like, I, 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 I do it and I, it's all right. But listen, that's, that's not, it's not what motivates me. Even though that inconveniences me, we still do that. Listen, our team parks away from the building so that you have the best spots. Listen, I know pastors who got front row spots at the church. Listen, I park a block away for you guys. You know why? Because we we care about people. Listen, I don't like, I, I, I got up at 5 a.m. last week to get your Easter service going. I didn't care to do that. I, we get up, I, and all of our, our team works so hard. We get up early. We stay late. You, we, we, we do all of those things, and it's, it's not a problem to me. You know why? Because I just recognize that people matter. People matter. Heaven and hell are real places. And we want to give people the best experience we can. Listen, everything on this earth will burn, but people last forever. That's the only thing that's ever going to last. And that's why I feel like as a church, that's why we try to give more. We serve more. We invest more. We, we, we do things out of the box. <laughs> I think that the Easter service last week was a pure, it, I just was like, that's a real church type of thing to do. Like it's an out of the box thing that we hope. Hope to reach people, which by the way, is Elizabeth's not in here, is she? She had a count on the Connect cards. I mean, there were like 20 people who signed a Connect card last week that said they gave their life to Jesus. How awesome was, can we just give God some praise for that? But that's why we do it. it, it it's not for us. <laughs> it, I mean, we, we would have been satisfied right here, you know, in our comfy chairs, in the air-conditioned room, and not moving any. Like, it, 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 that's not why we do it. We do it for people. We do it for people. It's to reach people. Listen, that's why <laughs> if, you, if, if you become a part of our church uh, for any length of time, you realize that's we, we don't do a lot of family picnics or potlucks or anything. And, and that's just... We just don't exist to serve ourselves. Like, we are the church, and we exist to serve others. And that's our goal. That's our goal. And in fact, the Bible tells us over and over again to do that. Look at what Jude chapter 1 says. Be merciful to those who doubt. Snatch others from the fire and save them. That, that's our goal, church. In fact, your Bible literally ends with this verse in Revelation chapter 22. The spirit and the bride say, come. Just, just, just come. And let, and let him who, who hears say, come. Whoever is so thirsty, let him come. And whoever wishes, let him take the free gift of the water of life. Maybe you wandered in here today and you feel the shame from your past. Maybe you wandered in here today and you're just wondering, 
man, how do these people around me feel about you? Check it out, everybody. Listen, we ain't no better than you. <laughs> Can I just tell you, we just got here a little bit sooner than you. <laughs> we, 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 we just showed up a little bit earlier, which means that you're welcome in this place with all of your hangups, with your mess, with your loose screws. Listen, come on, just join the club, everybody. <laughs> like join the rest of us. Here, here's, here it is, because I know, I know you're wanting to write stuff down. Reach the lost at any cost because people last forever. I'm going to give you this verse first because I know you, you're anxious for that last point. I know how you are. Keep you, keep you hanging here. But in keeping with his promise, we're looking forward to a new heaven and a new earth, the home of righteousness. So then, dear friends, the Bible says, here's what we do. Since you are looking forward to this, what do we do, church? We make every effort, everything that we can do to be found spotless, blameless, and at peace with God. You might say, well, that's, that's hard to do. Look into my eyes today. Listen, there is nothing you can do to achieve this. You can't remove your spots. You, you, you can't get rid of the blame and the shame. You can't, listen, you cannot get peace without Jesus. You know why Jesus came? He came to get you and God back together. <laughs> You were the you 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 were spotted you you, you 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 were all messed up and some of you you just need to receive that today, and some of you you just need to settle into a relationship with God. In fact, here's the last one. You can write this down. Would you just consider renewing your relationship with God? Write that down. Close your eyes. Bow your heads. Father, today we thank you for the promise and the gift of heaven. Father, we thank you that you didn't, you didn't have to send your son. You didn't have to make a way for us. But Father, we thank you that you did. Lord, we thank you for Jesus who made that way for us to get into heaven today. And Father, today, for every person in this room, Lord, we just lift up those things in our life that, oh, those, those things that get in the way from us living for eternity. Father, whether it's a car or whether it's a house or whether it's our kids or our job, Father, we just take some time to say we're sorry for letting those things get all of our focus. And Father, today we, we declare that our focus is not on anything of this world, but our focus is on eternity. So Father, help us to keep that throughout our week. Lord, help us even when trouble arises. Lord, in the, in, the, in the good and bad times, help us to know that this place on earth is it's not our eternal home. That you have a better place for us and you're anxiously awaiting our arrival. Lord, we love you. We thank you for that promise of heaven. Lord, you're so good to us even when we don't deserve it. We love you. We praise your name today. With your heads bowed, eyes closed. If you're in this room and you say, I haven't been eternity-minded. My focus, maybe you say, my, my, my focus has been on things of this earth. Maybe you're in this room and you say, my focus is on the treasures of the world. My heart is with my treasures. But you need to shift your heart to God today. You need to renew your relationship with God. If that's you in this room, 
The Bible says that when we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord, we believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, that we can be saved, that you can get into heaven today. In fact, the Bible says that the angels rejoice in heaven at your arrival. And so today can be your day where the angels rejoice for you coming home, for you putting your heart in the right place. If that's you in this room today, we're going to pray a simple prayer. In fact, the whole church is going to pray this together. So you won't be the only one. And uh, we're just going to renew our commitment to Jesus before we leave. If that's you in this room, would you just do me a quick favor on the count of three, wherever you're at, would you just lift up your hands? Uh, Just lift up one hand. Just let me know who I'm praying with today. Let me know that there's some people in here that are renewing their relationship with Jesus. Are you ready? On the count of three, you say, I want to renew my relationship with Jesus. One, two, three, hands lifted. Thank you. Thank you. Church, because we believe in this prayer, let's all pray this together. Repeat this after me. Say, dear God, thank you for sending your son, Jesus, to die on a cross for me. But I believe that you raised him from the dead. Say this to him. Say, Jesus, I make you my Lord. I give you my life. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for giving me the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. Amen. Would you give up for all the people who prayed that prayer today? Thank you for listening to The Real Church Podcast. If you would like to partner with us financially or you live in the Southern Illinois area and would like to attend our weekly gathering, you can check out realchurch.info. 